0: We just got back from a pastor's conference at Merritt Island. Every year, all of us as pastors and leaders, we take the time to get away and just to receive marching orders and instructions from the Lord. And this is a special conference. And every year, we say the same thing. This is the best one ever. So this year was really, truly special. As each pastor, they pour out their heart to us, you know, through 2 uh, Timothy. And 2 and Timothy as a pastoral uh, uh, epistle, it has so much life application stuff That is, it was incredible. And uh, our pastor, he couldn't be here today, so he asked us, And we here at Calvary Chapel, we have to be ready, in and out of season, to share what the Lord is teaching us. So he made that last call, hey guys, just go up and share. So uh, uh, Pastor Joey is going to share after me, and then Pastor Raz is going to close it up. But uh, let's take it up to the Lord and let's pray. Glorious Father in heaven, thank you so much that we as your children get to call you Abba, our Heavenly Father that loves us. And we're so thankful, Lord God, for your just goodness and love towards us that is the one that brings us to repentance. So we ask you, Father God, that you would have the praises of your people. As we study your word, may your word penetrate our souls, our minds, and our hearts continue to transform us to make us more and more like Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. So we pray, Lord God, that you will move in this place as you already have moved within our hearts and you have begun that beautiful work, that poinonia, that masterpiece. So as we draw closer to you, Lord God, minister to our hearts through your precious Holy Spirit. So we give you thanks for tonight. Uh, be blessed in everything that takes place here. May your ministering angels be here, uh, just ministering to all of us, individually and personally. So we give you thanks for tonight, in Jesus' name. And God's people said? Amen. So the key verse for this conference, it, we find it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. So let's read it so we can use that as a springboard. For tonight. So it says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are Christ Jesus. So the whole message here in in this retreat was holding fast to different elements, to different kinds of points. So the holding fast is something that we take in, that we put into our hearts, that we mark our lives with these things that you're going to hear through all the pastors. And these are things that are going to help us as Christians to be able to finish this race and finish it in such a way that we can finish the race well. And the question is, is where do you stand with the Lord? Are you holding on to the Lord Jesus Christ, holding fast to Him? With this excitement, with this zeal in your heart, that He is your all in all. And you're desperately looking to get instructions from Him through the Word of God. So... And Pastor Zach asked us to get two points from, you know, what we picked up from the teachings. So each one of us, hopefully the Holy Spirit moved in such a way that now we're not sharing the same, the same points because there was so many wonderful points that it brings life applications. And this is, I took it in as a generation of pastors that ideally dearly respect because they've been in this battle for a long period of time, including our very own pastor that he's been in ministry over 40 years, 40 years in the battle. And that's, we can take a lot of instruction from the word through a pastor that has put to applications all these things. So for me, I'm just going to pick up and read a couple of verses just to get in. So let's start in verse 6. And it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Therefore... Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So one of the points that I picked up is as the Lord has given us this holy calling in our lives, we have to receive that calling with humility. So hold fast to humility. Because for us as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as he has called us into this holy, holy calling, we have to embrace humility in our lives for us not to get disqualified, for us to recognize who's the one that is doing the work. We're not the people that are doing the work. Is God Almighty that has elected us to do the work through us. So for us, as we received that in the, pa- in the pastor's share, that when he received this calling as a young pastor, he says that people came to him and they told the Man, you're so gifted. You're such a great communicator. You teach the word of God so well that it impacts me. So in his mind, he said, man, I got it going here. This thing is, I got this padded down. And, you know, he thought that he was the vessel. Because we got to be very careful. When God begins to use us to bring a testimony and to share the hope of heaven... To a dying world, and people, as we become vessels that are ambassadors and representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ, we gotta make sure that we check our minds and our hearts that we don't get puffed up thinking that it's about us. Because He shared that so many pastors, so many great leaders, when they find themselves, Popped up with pride. Here comes the fall. Because the Lord hates pride. And when we get prideful and we think that now we're something to the kingdom of God. Be careful lest you disqualify yourself from this holy calling. We have to be people. That as we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, then we get the privilege to be exalted and lifted up by God, not us. So when it comes to hold fast, if we're not holding fast, even each one of you guys, you have a holy calling. I hope you recognize that. Because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, all of us. Not two of us are the same. And you guys take church to a place that there is no walls. There is no walls. So you get to do church in your workplace, with your family, with different people around you that no one else comes And even with me and my family, my mother-in-law once told me, Jose, you're not the same guy that you used to be. So she started praising me because of the change that God had done in my life. And I made sure I stopped her right away and told her, it's not me, it's the Lord. If anyone deserves the praise, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, not me. I'm just, you know, a vessel. And, 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 you know, it's not a false humility, but it's a true humility. When you recognize that Jesus Christ has selected us for, time, for such a time as this to bring this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ to a dying world. That's hold fast to humility. That was the first one. Now let's... Roll over uh, to Second Timothy chapter four, verse 17. Second Timothy 4:17. And it says, "But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me." that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Verse 18, and the Lord delivered me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever, amen. And can God's people say amen? All right, amen to that, testifying of that. So hold fast. The second thing that I picked up is hold fast to the Holy Spirit. We cannot go through this life as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ doing it with our own mind. We have to be servants Of the most high God. That go through this life. Holding on to dear life. To the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. Because look what happens when you hold on to the Holy Spirit. He stood with me. The Holy Spirit is with you. He strengthened me. Those times when we feel that we're weak and we cannot continue on. The Holy Spirit is the one that sustains us. The the Holy Spirit is the one that takes us. The Holy Spirit is the one that encourages our continents to be able to persevere and move forward. He delivered me. The Holy Spirit is the one that sustains the wiles and the schemes of the enemy from having his way with us. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're protected by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when you're driving in Miami and you say, Whoa! And you miss that accident. It's the Holy Spirit. Despair you is the Holy Spirit that protected you. And he preserves me. He preserves my life. Our lives, our health, our strength, they're very fragile. And the Lord has given us all the days of our lives. And the Holy Spirit is the one that preserves us. The question is, are you relying on the Holy Spirit? Are you holding fast to the Holy Spirit? Are you hanging on to the Holy Spirit for dear life each day? As we are very leaky vessels, we have to be people that are calling constantly on the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us go through each day. As we pour ourselves empty unto others. And that's what we're supposed to do. Ask questions. It's not about us. As the Holy Spirit empowered us. Now we get to pour ourselves empty unto others. That's why we need a fresh filling from the Holy Spirit daily. No other choice. If you want to be a vessel that is used by God in a mighty, powerful way, you have to be asking the Holy Spirit to come upon you, to baptize you afresh and anew daily. No other way. The question is, uh, how are we going to finish this race? How are we going to finish this race Here in this planet. As Christians. Are we going to finish this race defeated? Are we going to finish this race basically crawling to the finish line? I don't want to finish like that. I want to finish this race with the Lord Jesus Christ. On this side of eternity. Going a hundred miles to the finish line. And this is as I'm going to close. I have fought in in chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally... It's laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to, only to me, but also to all who have loved him, his appearance. So, this is a promise. How are we going to finish this race? It's not, and it got mentioned, but since they told us only two points, I can't go into more points. But I'm just going to sneak this one by there. (laughs) It's not how well we started. It's how strong are we going to finish. Many people start well. And this conference has those, I call them super senior Pastors. Pastors that I am who I am because God has used them to minister to me and to teach me the word. And these pastors, they have done it for a long period of time. So all these points, hold fast, as Joy shares, as Pastor Raz shares. We should, uh, all of us, take this to mind, and I highly suggest that you will go to Calvary Chapel, Merritt Island and download those teachings so you can hear all those different points. God bless you.
1: I, On the other hand, I like when the Holy Spirit has us repeat stuff because then you know it's the Holy Spirit. So one of the things I was going to intro with was go to ccmerrittisland.org and watch the teachings for yourself, ccmeritisland.org. All 10, it was 10 teachings in two, in two days, right? So we had uh, the second half of Monday, all day Tuesday, and the first half of today. And then we were being tested as we tried to get to Miami on time of everything we learned. Um, uh, so you, they're all there, and one of the devos is on there, and I'm sure the second one will be too. So there's 10 teachings online, totally available uh, for you. And uh, <clears throat> again, by way of intro, you know, if, if you're sitting here tonight and, and listening and thinking, oh, you know, when you heard the format for tonight, you were thinking, oh, it's going to be nice. Here what los pastores hablaban, you know, what they, oh, I'm just going to listen. No, it's not just to listen. We are bringing something that we got and we're giving it to you so that it would affect you and change you and, and, and impart it to you. Um, because. Uh, we happen to go to a conference, which, again, is available for you. If you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool, and you don't go listen, that is your fault. You chose not to take time to listen to the teachings that are available. But we're all called to serve our Lord and our King. And the way we serve him is by serving people. And so we get to serve you here in some sort of church capacity, but you are a servant of God if you're a Christian, and he's put you somewhere to serve. So please check out those teachings. Um Again, you know, as as Pastor Jose was sharing, as Pastor Az will share, as we we heard at the conference, one of the things I I got this year, this is all introduction, by the way. I'm not on my two points yet, but I do want to be on time. Um, One of the things that stuck out to me this year is a lot of the first generation Calvary guys are going to heaven. Pastor Jeff Johnson, what, two weeks ago? Uh, Pastor Jeff Johnson went home to be with the Lord, people close to us. Uh, Pastor Rawl's wife is is battling, Pastor Rawl's getting older, Pastor Chuck, it's been ten years since Pastor Chuck went to heaven. A lot of the first generation guys and gals are, they finished their race. They're finishing their race. And what Pastor Don McClure said, he's one of the first generation guys, his teachings are on there. He's encouraged by what he sees. Pastor Eric Souza was one of the guys that shared, and, and he he did this funny bit. Uh, they had pictures from 20, 30, 40 years of conferences, and he goes, oh, I wanted to show you my pictures, and it was him as a baby. You know, he's one of the second, third generation guys, and uh, and he's there. He's holding fast. The young guys are holding fast. Pastor Zach, our senior pastor here, he's holding fast, so it's awesome to see, and and it's we get as much as we want, right? So if you want to be a part of the Calvary Chapel legacy, jump in, listen to the teachings, read the books. There's books in the bookstore from Chuck Smith that he wrote. Um, I think Pastor Don McClure, I think it was Pastor Don, he mentioned uh, one of the like foundational books that he has people read is Why Grace Changes Everything by Chuck Smith, the Calvary Distinctives by Chuck Smith. Again, he's just a human being. There's thousands and tens and millions of other christians that's fine but if you want to be a part of the legacy if you want to be a part of what god's doing jump in jump in read the stuff watch the stuff it's an amazing family and legacy to be a part of last point of introduction um as pastor jose was sharing and and we've been hearing it the last three days hold fast hold fast hold fast i wish i remembered all the terms i think it's uh by um Oh my goodness, it's the, like the Biscayne Mall, what's it called, um, Biscayne, Bayside, Bayside, so when you're trying to get out of the, like, bay into open water, is that called something? It's, it's super choppy right there, you have to get over the chop to get out into open water. Am I crazy? Is that a thing? The jetty, right? You're trying to get past the jetty into open water, and you're not supposed to do that on certain little boats, but people do it anyway, and you see the Veil videos online. Okay, so that was me and my dad. So I thought of one time we had my cousin, and my dad was just cranking it, come off a wave, boom, slam the hole, boom, slam the hole. And I'm laughing, whatever. He comes off of a wave, and the boat shifts, and my cousin stayed in the air, and he fell, boom, on the fiberglass. I thought he broke his tailbone. Uh, We just laughed and laughed and realized we should probably stop laughing. But the point is, he should have been holding fast. And people that know boats, you don't just lay back on a boat. You're hanging out, but you're grabbing on to the seat, right? You're hanging out, and you're gripped on like this. And that's how we have to live our life, right? And, and the sad part is that Christians, me, you, all of us, right? If, if you deny doing this, you're lying, and you shouldn't lie. The thing that we have the tendency to do is we hang out until we see the wave, and then we try to grab onto something, and a lot of times it's too late. And like my cousin, we just, we just slam on the fiberglass, right? And, and we should live holding tight to Jesus. So that's the introduction. The two points uh, that jumped out at me that I wanted to share with you guys, the first verse, 2 Timothy 1.8. Uh, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Again, you're going to watch the teaching. He does it way better, but it so impacted me. Um, I think, again, it was Pastor Don McClure. He was saying, if if you're on the the devil's team, right, if you're on the devil's side, which nobody should be, but for a second, imagining that, and you see this guy, Paul, and you're going, man, we got to get this guy. Paul's preaching, people are getting saved. We got to get this guy, we got to get this guy. What are we going to do? And the devil, you know, the devil and the demons think, man, let's kill him. We're going to kill Paul. And then you see him write, man, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I wish I could go to heaven. I'm stuck here with you because God wants me to minister to you. you go, no, we can't kill him, we're going to give him what he wants. Oh, okay, okay, we can't kill him. What are we going to do? Well, what's the second thing he wants? He wants to be with people. He wants to minister to people and serve people. Okay, let's throw him in prison so he can't see anybody, so he can't talk to anybody, so he can't do ministry. So they throw him in prison, right? The forces of darkness, the devil and the demons, they throw him in prison, and they think, oh, we got him, we got him. And Paul goes, I guess I'll just write to my friends. I'll write some letters. And little did the forces of darkness know they had put that guy in the perfect spot to write over half the New Testament. He, I, I, he lost. He lost the battle. He had no idea. And so that was awesome. So take that, take that uh, with you. But the application, um, besides it being awesome, so cool the way they presented it, um, is that when door A closes, door B closes, door C closes, okay, what door is open? What can I do? What can I do? I'm stuck in prison, you know, my back, my leg. You know, Pastor Don was going on about he's like the bionic man. He's got two titanium knees and a new hip and all this stuff. I mean, when, when whatever it is has happened, all right, I'm here now. What can I do here? What can I do from here? All I can do is text my buddies. Okay, I'll start texting people. If all I can do is this or that, I'm gonna do what I can do, and God's gonna use it. The second point uh, was <clears throat> okay. Good on time. The second point, um, 2 Timothy chapter one verse five. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois. And in your mother, Eunice, I am persuaded, is in you also. And this came to mind, and it especially came to mind as we were asked to share with you tonight. And it's the, the, faith, the, the impact that the faith of a mom, the faith of a grandma, the faith of dad, grandpa, tío, the, the impact that, a, that your faith can make on someone else. And... Timothy, if you don't know, if you're new, if you're reading this stuff for the first time, as you read through the Bible, we learn a lot about Timothy, about his family life, about his childhood, about his upbringing. And it seems that Timothy either didn't have a dad in the home, or at least that his dad was not a faithful follower of Jesus, probably not a Christian, if he was around. And it's amazing because Timothy became a bishop. Uh, I, I think tradition says, I don't know that it's recorded in Scripture, that he became the bishop of Ephesus. I think, it's, I think Paul tells him there to, to maintain Ephesus. I don't remember. The point is, he was a bishop, he was, he was a church leader, incredible man, and didn't have the dad that you would expect, or a Christian dad. Or He didn't say, oh, and as your father taught you in the ways of the Lord. No, he, he didn't have that. He said, your mom and your grandma. And I love, again, I'm just going to repeat it. When you watch it, he's going to do much better. But Pastor Joe, how he imagined the scene. You know, he says, man, <clears throat> imagining that, that uh, Timothy's dad was a, a Greek uh, believer in, in, in the Greek gods and the pantheon and all that. You know, he would take him. oh, son, man, I want to tell you about Mount Olympus. Man, Mount Olympus and the gods and how amazing they are. And then his mom and grandma would go, Timothy, Timoteo, bang, bang, bang. No, 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 Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. And then his dad would take him. Oh, man, let me tell you about this guy, Hercules, the demigod. Oh, Hercules and everything he did. Hercules, oh, yeah, yeah. And then his mom and grandma would take him aside. Timothy, Timothy, let me tell you about Samson. Samson, man, he picked up the gate of Gaza. God used him to defeat the Philistines. You know, and then his dad would take him. Oh, Timothy, Timothy, let me tell you about some, man, Alexander the Great. Man, our hero. Man, the greatest politician ever. Oh, man, Alexander the Great. Alexander, oh, yeah. And then his mom and grandma would take him aside. Hey, hey, Timothy, let me tell you about King David. King David, the giant killer. King David, the psalmist of Israel. King David, the man after God's own heart. They would take him aside. So again, whether it's telling, whether it's living, right? I mean, imagine the testimony. Now, here's the thing. This is why I wanted to end on this point, I, because I think we can all apply it. You know, maybe you hear about Paul and you go, man, that's very, that's very apostle-like In a prison and door A.B. Each of us can make an impact where we're at with our friends, with our coworkers, with our sons, with our daughters, with our grandkids. And the last point of application on that scripture and on that point is it's not that Timothy's mom and grandma were perfect. That's not what the Bible teaches us. That's not what the point is. They were genuine. It says there, the genuine faith, I think. I lost the verse. The the faith that was in your, your mother, the point is that they were genuine. And again, to drive the point home, the thing that will make a difference, talking to the spouses for a moment, the thing that will make a difference is not that you never argue, that you never have a problem, and they never fight, but that your kids see you repent, that your kids see you make up, that your kids see you get things right. Man, I saw the faith that was in mom. I saw the faith that was in dad. I saw how they repented. I saw how they loved each other. I saw how they worked to get it right, or, or sister, or whatever it was. And so again, that's you here. That's not just for pastors at a conference, which you can watch all 10 teachings. Again, you should. That's for each and every one of us, the impact that our faith can make on those around us. God bless you guys.
2: Good evening. If you go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, I would appreciate it. I want to take advantage of this time because I haven't... uh, I haven't been with you at this place on a Wednesday, so if I missed anybody, those of you that have been praying for me, for Esel, those of you that have uh, uh, sent text messages, uh, those of you that have been cooking, um, I just give you from the bottom of my heart a a big thank you. Uh, It seems so small, I wish it could be more. Uh, So pray for me that I could pray for you and uh, there's nothing greater than prayer. Someone said the best thing that someone can do for someone is to really pray. Uh, So I wanted to share that with you. Um, If you go to 2 Timothy chapter four, I have two things that uh, spoke to my heart that I wanted to share with you tonight among the many. If you go in verse nine, we begin to read in verse nine, and we're able to see that Paul is writing to his young uh, disciple, his young student, uh, Timothy. I pray that each one of you tonight would know the joy either of being a student, a disciple, of someone that is showing you how to love Jesus. If you don't have that, pray tonight that God would give you that. And it would be the one that God wants to give you. You know, sometimes we want to pick and choose, but God is always best at choosing. Uh, And if you have that, I pray that tonight, you would pray about being that to someone, uh, discipling them, teaching them. So Paul here is writing to his student, his disciple. Paul is about to die. And so it's interesting that we could think a lot of things, we could say a lot of things, but when we're about to die, The substance, the value, the depth of what we have in our relationship with the Lord, it will surface. And it's a great thing when it's a good, good foundation. So in verse 9, we read there, 2 Timothy chapter 4, that the apostle Paul says, Be diligent to come to me quickly. Because Demas has, can you say that word out loud? Forsaken. Forsaken me. Having loved this present world and he departed for Thessalonica and Crescens for Galatia and Titus for Dalmatia and Luke, Lord, Luke is with me. But get Mark, get Mark, bring him with you for he is useful for me in ministry. And so here in verse 11, I see something very important. In verse 9, verse 10, I see something very important. But let's keep reading. In verse 12, he says, and Tychicus. I have sent to Ephesus, bring the cloaks that I left uh, Carpus at Troas, and when you come, bring the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith, verse 14, man, he did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. But you also beware of him, for he greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. That word forsaken and forsook, if you go to the original language, it means to be left behind. Have you ever been left behind? Have you ever been left behind and you really wanted to go? Have you ever been left behind and you really wanted to go with someone that was very special to you, and that very special person, see you later, left you behind. And it's painful. Isn't that branch of the military that they have a slogan that says, leave no one behind? Don't you like that? Always faithful. Semper Fi, you know? And so here, Paul, at the end of his ministry, he's taught, he's loved, he's modeled, he's given, he's sacrificed, he's gotten beaten. You're going to leave me behind? What's wrong with you? How do you react when someone betrays you, when someone disappoints you? Remember this, disappointments are God's appointments. There's a P-letter word I want to give you. It's the word pardon. Pardon. Everyone has left Paul behind, but you know what he does? He doesn't say, I'm going to get you. Esperate. Preparate. <laughs> you know, prepare yourself. I'm, I'm going to get even. How does he respond? Go back there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. I love it. May it not be charged against them. Forgiven. Pardon. So that spoke to me. And, you know, Jesus said, Men, forgive us our debt as we forgive. How good are we at forgiving? How good are you at forgiving? I wonder if there's anyone here tonight that you're holding a grudge. You're bitter. You know, it would be so easy for me to say, Lord, maybe a viejita, you know, 65, that's, that's pretty young, you know. We have plans, I have plans, you know. But one of the keys to forgive is to thank God for what you do have. At least I had her. He gave her to me for 65, right? A mother-in-law, a brother-in-law, a pastor, a church, uh, a disappointment. A disappointment is an appointment for us to see where am I. Because if there's one characteristic to God is this, God forgives. God forgives. So to the degree that God is in you, we will be able to forgive with the love of God working in us. To the degree that you've been forgiven, you're able to forgive. You know, it was a a while back and, and I found out some terrible, tragic news. The kind of news that can be in your mind and could just get a hold of you and, and make you go down. So I'm wrestling with it, and, and, and the Lord gave me this. First of all, as it comes to my mind, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Lord, thank you that you've forgiven me. I could have held a grudge. I, I could have wanted revenge. I could have, you know, you know, and when you don't forgive, you get bitter. And you've heard what happens with bitterness. Bitterness is a poison that you're trying to kill someone, but you're the one that's drinking it. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Man, you got to let go of bitterness tonight. I've been forgiven. How could I not forgive? Paul is at the end. Paul is about to finish, like me, because I got like about two minutes left. And it would have been so easy for the enemy to say, (laughs) I got you now. They've abandoned you. They've forsaken you. Go ahead, Paul. you got the right to be mad. Verse 16, may it not be charged against them. See, Paul was forgiven, so he learned to forgive. God will settle the score. Pardon. And the next thing to pardon, verse 17, moving on. I love Casas. You know, he took a lot of my verses. But that's okay. You know, we're looking at it from a different angle. But the Lord stood with me. And when you forgive, God sees and he smiles. When we forgive, God says, huh, you want to forgive? Step aside. Because I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to be inside of you. I'm gonna guide you, I'm gonna show you things that you cannot even imagine. See, forgiveness, it's so valuable, it's so important. The pardon, because the next P letter word I wanna give you that I got from the conference is the person, the person. You know, I'm glad I got an opportunity to speak. I have to say to you that I'm a stinking sinner. I think the closer you get to God, the more you realize your sins. And there's been so many things in my life that if I could do all over again, man, I would take an opportunity. So many things. But I got to learn to forgive myself. Lord, I, I can't go back. But I can go forward. And, Lord, I want your person. I want your, I want your presence Lord, I want you. I look at the row here and some of your faces are not familiar. I don't know you, no te conozco. Uh, Hopefully I get to know you here, but now we got heaven. I look at the second row, oh, yo te conozco. (laughs) I I know you guys, I love it. Look at the next row, no los conozco. (laughs) You're new, that means you gotta come back Sunday, Pastor Zach will be here, okay? You You wanna hear the pastor. But I gotta tell you something. Tonight, take some inventory. Are you in love with Jesus? Are you about the person of Jesus? The reason that Paul can face and handle anything is because anything, no matter how bitter, how hard, how painful, in contrast with Jesus, Tranquilo. Tranquilo. I go to the house, and man, my house is rough. It's, rough. it's a rough place now, you know. Esa muchachita, she just had so much life. You know, I would come home, what, what do you want, you know? And I come home, and it's just four walls now. But Jesus is there. The Lord stood with me. Did I tell you about forsaken? Did I use that word? Do you know that you're headed for forsaken? Life, you know, your youth is gonna forsake you. I used to have curly hair, it forsook me. <laughs> Life will forsake you, man. Your youth, your strength, your memory. You all look so good tonight, your looks. Some dreams come through, some dreams will forsake you. It's like life is designed to forsake you because this is a broken world. But you're going to find that if you're about Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is about you. And he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. Calvary Chapel, Miami. Man, let's focus on Jesus. I see Some teenagers over there. Man, don't waste your teen years and what the world has to offer you. Get to know Jesus. Get to love Jesus. Get to hear Jesus. Let Jesus follow you. And even when you got 70,000 miles, you'll learn to finish on time. (laughs) So let's pray. Faster gave me 10 minutes and two points. Father, I thank you. I thank you as uh, the worship team comes forward and we worship you tonight. Lord, I thank you that we could learn to pardon. We could learn to forgive. We could learn to not keep a record of wrongs. We, we could learn, we could learn that, Lord. I mean, we're hurt, we're disappointed. We've been, we've been forsaken, Lord. Sometimes health, it just goes. Arthritis or lack of this or lack of that. Betrayal. But Lord, we could forgive because you forgave us. And it doesn't mean that we get sloppy or foolish or crazy. We, we walk in wisdom, but in our heart, it's got no hold on us anymore. We could see that person in Publix, and Sabor, and Win dixie or Presidente. <laughs> and it's okay, we love him. And Lord, we thank you for your person, your company that when everybody forsakes us, Lord, you stand by our side and you promise to guide us and to lead us. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for the reality of who you are, that in life's toughest moments, you do show up, you are there. It's not just a philosophical or philosophy idea. It's not a religion, it's a person. Jesus, you went to the cross for my sins and as an imperfect and sinner that I am, you stand by my side, Lord. You forgive me. Lord, I pray, I pray like Pastor Casa said, that we would be able to finish strong and finish well. Like Pastor Joey said, Lord, I pray that we would want to allow our faith to influence the people around us a lot of churches have bells and whistles and songs and music a show but it's their pardon and it's the person of jesus really really the draw lord do that here in calvary chapel miami we got a handsome pastor and wife and worship and people and kids and building and property but lord MAY IT BE JESUS, THE ATTRACTION HERE. AS PEOPLE COME TO THE PARKING LOT, MAN, THERE'S SOMETHING ABOUT THAT PLACE, It's different. IT'S DIFFERENT, AND I WANT IT, I WANT IT, I'M HUNGRY, IT'S WHAT I'VE ALWAYS BEEN THIRSTY FOR, THERE'S SOMETHING, I WANT IT, AND THAT WE WOULD REALIZE IT'S JESUS, IT'S JESUS CHRIST, THE SON OF GOD, MESSIAH, YESHUA, HAMASHIAH, IT'S JESUS, AND LIKE PAUL FINISHED, He finished strong. He kept the faith. He fought the fight. He ran his race. (laughs) May we finish. May we finish strong. Lord, we give you our hurts. We give you our pain. We give you our tears. Lord, we pray for our pastor tonight, his wife, the kids. Have your hedge of protection around them. And even tonight, Lord, if there's anyone here that they're hurting, life is pressing in hard may they come to the front as some pastors will stand up front here and and pray and expect jesus to touch them tonight here for life and transformation we pray in jesus name those that agreed said